Good day, everyone, and welcome to today's Living Life. Now, let's be honest. Have you ever blamed or wanted to blame someone or did in your heart uh, someone near you close to you when things uh, go bad or went wrong? Um, this was actually the second thing that Adam and Eve did after they sinned against God in the Garden of Eden, if you remember. First, they hid. They ran away and they hid because they were ashamed. And then when they were confronted, they blamed someone else. Eve blamed Adam, uh, or Adam blamed Eve, and then Eve blamed the serpent. Now, at least they had the sense not to blame God, which is something a lot of non-Christians, uh, non-believers do uh, and propose when they hear about the fall of Adam and Eve. They'll say things like, why did God put that tree there in the first place, right? Um, you know, he was basically inviting them to eat from it, you know, to put it there and then, and then to say, don't do it, don't do it. It's basically inviting them to do it, right? It's a, it's a very common response in, uh, when they hear about the story of Adam and Eve. And I think it's easy to read passages about judgment, um, like in today's passage, and respond with a kind of blame because people don't think they deserve judgment, because people don't believe nor accept the sovereignty of God, and because people refuse to accept their place as God's created being. Let's read the passage and then we'll continue. Jeremiah chapter 25, verses 1 through 14. The word came to Jeremiah concerning all the people of Judah in the fourth year of Jehoiakim, son of Josiah, king of Judah, which was the first year of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. So Jeremiah the prophet said to all the people of Judah and to all those living in Jerusalem, for twenty-three years, from the thirteenth year of Josiah, son of Ammon, king of Judah, until this very day, the word of the Lord has come to me, and I have spoken to you again and again, but you have not listened. And though the Lord has sent all his servants, the prophets, to you again and again, you have not listened or paid any attention. They said, Turn now, each of you, from your evil ways and your evil practices, and you can stay in the land the Lord gave to you and your ancestors forever and ever. Do not follow other gods to serve and worship them. Do not arouse my anger with what your hands have made. Then I will not harm you. But you did not listen to me, declares the Lord, and you have aroused my anger with what your hands have made, and you have brought harm to yourselves. Therefore the Lord Almighty says this, Because you have not listened to my words, I will summon all the peoples of the north, and my servant Nebuchadnezzar king of Babylon, declares the Lord. And I will bring them against this land and its inhabitants and against all the surrounding nations. 
I will completely destroy them and make them an object of horror and scorn and an everlasting ruin. I will banish from them the sounds of joy and gladness, the voices of bride and bridegroom, the sound of millstones and the light of a lamp. This whole country will become a desolate wasteland, and these nations will serve the king of Babylon seventy years. But when the seventy years are fulfilled, I will punish the king of Babylon and his nation, the land of the Babylonians, for their guilt, declares the Lord, and will make it desolate forever. I will bring on that land all the things I have spoken against it, all that are written in this book and prophesied by Jeremiah against all the nations. They themselves will be enslaved by many nations and great kings. I will repay them according to their deeds and the work of their hands. Now, you remember what I said about our tendency and our desire to want to blame. And you may remember watching some movie and seeing some kind of a scene, or maybe you may have done something like this yourself, where you're walking along and then you stub your toe on a rock or the leg of a chair or a table or something, um, and then you just beep, beep out of pain, right? Where the first beep starts with a J and ends with an S, and the second beep starts with a C and ends with a T, as in also the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, right? You may have seen um, scenes in movies where they, you know, something bad will happen and they'll, you know, say the name of Jesus Christ in a very ah kind of way, right? I, I think you know what I'm talking about. I'm trying not to act it out too genuinely right now, right, if you get me. Um, now, admittedly, this is more of a, a Western thing. Now, in Korea, I think there is kind of a parallel, uh, which is chuyo. Right, which is just the word for Lord, right, or dear Lord, maybe. Um, and now the, the interesting thing is that in Korean, you can use this phrase uh, in every conceivable context, right? It, it can be a prayer, it can be a cry, it can be a praise, and yes, I think sometimes it can be a blame, depending on um, the way you say it, right? The way you say chuyo, sometimes depending on the situation. So when someone stops their toe uh, and they cry out the name of Jesus um, and Christ, they are not praying, they are not seeking his healing. If you think about it, what they are doing or what we are doing is blaming him. It's like uh, we think he is like in control of the universe and then he's aligning everything to stop our toe. And so we say, oh, beep, beep, right? You may not have thought about this, but this is actually the origin of, of cussing or cursing. We are actually cursing God for what happened in our lives, or maybe for allowing or causing what happened. We act like and sometimes like to think that the powers that be and are, are you know, aligning against us. And even this thought is a consequence of sin to regard God as being hostile and against us. So when this kind of heart hears about judgment, about God's judgment on all people and all nations, it closes shop and then starts pointing fingers. It starts blaming, right? When people read verse six uh, that says, do not follow other gods to serve and worship them. Do not arouse my anger with what your hands have made. Then. Um, I will not harm you. He says, then I will not harm you, right? So they think, wow, how conditional, right? How petty God will punish us just because we don't meet 
his standards. Now, the truth is that we are creation. The world, all people, were created. Right? The creator God and the creator God is exact in his attributes. He is just, he is righteous, unchanging, true, eternal. He is the truth that cannot and will not be changed. And we exist by that truth. We were created by the same truth. And then verse 7 continues, but, but, you do not uh, but you did not listen to me, declares the Lord, and you have aroused my anger with what your hands have made, and you have brought harm to yourselves. So verse 6, it sounds like God is out to get us, but the actual truth in verse 7 is that we have brought harm on ourselves. If you do not listen, if you will not listen to the truth, you harm yourselves. God's judgment is not a whip that he wields, uh, and, but it is a consequence of the truth of all and who God is. It is easy to think uh, that judgment is a bat that God swings, you know, to beat us because he's unhappy with us and because he's mean. But as a commentator said, the work of God is a process and not just an occasional event. Historical events are part of his proximate designs and are used in service um, of his eternal designs, which no one fully grasps. God's judgment are unsearchable, as it says in Romans 11.33. They stand, however, in the service of his undeserved mercy, the, eternal, the ultimate goal of his providence. God is for us and he's, against, uh, he's not against us. He loves us. And so his grace, that is the ultimate end of everything. And so though there is wrath, there is judgment, and he, according to his justice, it is in service to his love for us. It is a process. His judgment is part of the process that spans almost the entirety of creation and existence. And God, who is eternal, immortal, invisible, the only king. And this God alone has the world in the palm of his hand. In Australia, there used to be a TV commercial uh, for MasterCard, the credit card company that said, uh, you've got the whole world in your hand, right? With MasterCard, with, you know, in Australia, MasterCard, not MasterCard. Um, now, it's smart, it's funny, but, you know, in a sense, a little bit offensive to God. The full significance of God as Lord and judge over all history is better seen at the end of history, not at its midpoint. And we're not at the end of history. We are, not, you know, we are somewhere in the middle. And so we will not and cannot know. And this is something that we have to accept and also submit to. Um, we're going to see tomorrow of God's judgment over the nations, of, of his rightful place as judge. But for today, uh, let's end uh, with the song and meditate on that old song. He's got the whole world in his hand. He's got the whole world in his hand. He's got the whole wide world in his hand. He's got the whole world in his hand. That is the truth because he's the Lord and master of all nations. Amen. Sometimes as we look um, around us at what is happening in the world, the events uh, far away and also close to us, it's easy to lose heart. And it is also tempting to interpret the events and the things that are happening around us according to our understanding and according to the limits uh, of what we expect as well. 
But I hope from today's passage and devotional that you realize that that is impossible and that is also dangerous. And as we talked about two days ago, we need to always stay, start and end with the word. So let's learn to pray through the scripture. And so one passage at a time, one event at a time, one truth at a time. So today, let's pray uh, God's reign and sovereignty over the nations, starting with us, you and our nation, your nation, to be submitted to the sovereignty of God. Amen. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word, Lord, and we thank you that the world is in your hand, that the entire world, Lord, creation uh, is under you, that you have everything in control, Lord. So help us, God, to receive that truth, that huge truth at the same time, simple truth, that you are in control. And help us, Lord, to not get too far ahead of you, to try and solve things for you, but to pray one truth at a time, follow one truth at a time, and that we will follow you according to your will and to your word. We thank you, Lord, and in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. For a single soul, reaching a further and stepping in closer, see you.